This is a podcast by The Straits Times. And now it's time for our regular sports show, Game of Two Halves, every Monday at 5.15pm, where we host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Rachel Kelly, sitting in for Bernard Lim, and with me today are Straits Times Assistant Sports Editor Rohit Bridgnath and Sports Correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz. Hi, guys. Hi, Rachel. Hey, nice to be here. You both well? Yeah, we do. All good. Good. (laughs) Now, last week on the show, we talked about sports returning in the form of mixed martial arts and the ultimate fighting championship. And this week, that trend has continued with the German Bundesliga and a charity golf match featuring number one Rory McIlroy. Now, first off, let's have a chat about the Bundesliga. Now, the Bundesliga was the first major European football league to resume action. What was that like? to put it in one word surreal you know because football's back but it, it isn't quite how we are used to I think generally I think most football fans and sports fans enjoyed it because it's always great to be able to watch sport being mm. played but there were many many small differences uh, which were mainly the safety measures that were put in place I think it was quite interesting you know players arrived at the stadium in a few buses as opposed to one team bus so they could keep apart on the bus and, and maintain social distancing and the social distancing measures extended to even the team bench where you know some players even sat on the front row of the empty stands so it made for some quite amusing photos i saw one where an rb leipzig player uh, yusuf polson he was being interviewed after a game and and the camera crew and the reporter was literally holding a 10-foot pole the mic on a 10-foot pole away from him so yeah the differences were stuck and and i think you mentioned uh, the ufc return last week i think we weren't quite prepared for how football would be because you know, the UFC, MMA in general, when when you watch it, you're, you're focused on the two competitors mm. in the cage. Whereas, you know, football is obviously played on, on a huge field with, with 22 men. So, yeah, I mean, the, the differences were really telling. And that's the thing, you know, with football, it's not just about the 22 men as well, but it's the whole atmosphere of the game, the stadium. Sazali, were there any other downsides? Yeah, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think that was absolutely the biggest difference, you know, the absence of the fans. You know, there's always that saying, football or, or sport is nothing without fans. And unfortunately, we got a taste of, you know, why that is. And, you know, I, as I said, it was surreal to see the stands empty, you know, with almost no sound, no atmosphere, no roar from the crowd when, when the ball bulges the net. The games were so sterile. You know, it, it drew even uh, Dimitar Bobatov, the, the former Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur striker, to say that, you know, without fans in the stands, the, the game feels like a glorified training session. And he even said that Liverpool would not have come back from three goals down to beat Barcelona in the Champions League last season had there been no fans behind him. And, and mm. you know what, I, I agree. Before we go on to talk about the fans a little bit more, I just wanted to kind of rewind and find out more about what kind of other safety measures did the players need to adhere to? Because obviously when you're on the field, when you're on the pitch and you're tackling people, you can't keep you know, one metre apart to tackle another player. So what other measures were, were put in place to ensure everybody's safety? The approaches were, were mainly with this mantra of, you know, preparation is key. And, and therefore, the, the teams were quarantined in, in hotels in the week leading up to the game. The team players and, and, and staff were tested regularly. Also, the footballs that were used in the games were disinfected by the ball boys. Mm. And the ball boys, even though they were wearing masks and gloves, they, they weren't handing the balls to the players. They just put it on an area beside the pitch so the players can come across and, and, and take them. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Bundesliga was, was under the microscope last week and 
And by all accounts, honestly, it has passed the test, you know, because there have been very few complaints. You know, one or two complaints about players hugging when they celebrate, you know, which was frowned upon by, by some of the, the German authorities. But, you know, if you can't celebrate a goal with your teammate, you know, it's, it's a bit harsh, right? So That's it. You get caught uh, up in the moment and you don't have the fans there to cheer you on. You're going you're gonna to give your teammate a hug. Precisely, precisely. So yeah, no, I think generally the Bundesliga did very well. So talking about fans cheering you on, Rohit, uh, you wrote in your column about their importance in sport. What's your take? I mean, be it MMA, football or golf, resuming without fans? Horrible. I didn't like it at all. I found it uh, really artificial and Mm. felt like a practice match. Look, I understand we are living in a very different time, you know, so I think that, you know, there is... But the perfect world doesn't exist at the moment. You know, we, we can't have everything. And so I think people also get used to things. So I, I think we are, we're going to, this is so unusual. It is actually one of the strangest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. Because I feel there is no tension. There is no drama. And it tells you, if nothing else, I think we are all learning things. And I think, you know, we always talk about the value of the crowd. But you don't really understand it till it's not there. And when it's not there, I think, you know, the player is not the same for players. I think the players are professionals. Son of mine, who uh, used to be a cricket captain in India, Rahul Dravid, who's played in front of 100,000 people. He says players are just pros. They, they'll do their job. But it's not the same because you, I think all athletes are show. they got nobody to show off to in front of you. It makes it very difficult. You have nobody to celebrate to. I mean, you're sliding, you know, they, they score goals and they slide, you know, and they'll be in front of the stands. But of course, there's nobody there. And so, I, and, and also, I think, you know, the small things of sport, home is such a big thing, you know, uh, that they, uh, Dortmund were playing and they have the yellow wall there. I mean, it's still one easily, but there wasn't the point. The little things that you get out of sport are not there because of the crowd. And it tells you, it tells you the value. And uh, I think it's part of the examination. I think the examination of sport is not just the other thing. It was also all these little peripheral things going to a foreign stadium and you know, signing these fans. Some of these fans are not very nice. They can be abusive. So the players have to learn how to be tough. So it's a very different thing. And I thought it was like you're getting only half an examination. So I, for me, actually, to be honest, it wasn't a lot of fun. I think that I will obviously keep watching just to see what it's like. But I, I didn't enjoy it. Sorry, uh, just to jump in, I was, mm-hmm. I was actually quite fortunate to experience the fanaticism of German football fans firsthand when I went on a press junket to three Bundesliga games uh, in 2016. Watch games in Leverkusen, Mönchengladbach and Dortmund. And it was in Dortmund in particular that you could see just what kind of effect the fans have on the team, you know. They were 2-1 down to Wolfsburg, who at that point were, were mid-table at home. But they scored two goals in the last 10 minutes and won 3-2. So, you know, it was really hair-raising to see the 25,000 fans packed into, into the yellow wall that, that Rohit just mentioned and, and making noise and, and being on their feet for the entire 90 plus minutes. Uh, and, and the Dortmund players, you know, they traditionally they will line up in, in a line to, to applaud the, the yellow wall after each game and, and they did that again in the win over Schalke at the weekend, even though there weren't any fans in the stand and, and um, you know, one of the players uh, later said that you know, it was a message for the fans that, you know, whatever effort they had just put in the game in, in, in winning 4-0, it was, it was for them. And that's it, isn't it? It's really the experiential element of it rather than the just kind of going through the motions and ticking the boxes. But, you know, is it all bleak or do you see some good in sports returning even with the restrictions like no fans being allowed? I think well, one of the interesting things for me, which I would have presumed it, but it was nice to hear, it, it's nice to see how much players talk on a field. So we don't have that because we can never hear them talking, but it was it was nice to see that they talk a lot on the field. There's a lot of shouting, which we don't normally hear. But look, it's, it's, it's 
not bleak. I think that eventually, in the end, that there are financial implications. That it is good that you know what is trying to get back to normal. They have to be incredibly careful, of course. But I think you know, it's a start. I mean, I think I think the viewership. Fazali, remind me if I'm wrong or right. I think the viewership was pretty high for the match. So that tells you yeah, that yeah. people are it was really, really yeah. So I think people are really desperate to watch something. I mean, yesterday I put on the TV and I was watching an old Sampras versus Agassi match. And, you know, the whole television experience was so different in the old days. Uh, you know, the the color wasn't as good or whatever. And, you know, you, you get a bit point. You want your nice live, you know, weekly thing. But there are more important things in life than sport at the moment. So we have to take what we get. So I guess, obviously, you can't mic up a football player, but you could potentially mic up other sporting professionals. Sazali, I mean, is that something that we could look forward to more, hearing more of these kind of on-course conversations, behind-the-scenes yeah, yeah, type no, of things? No, it, it, it's basically, you know, an extension of what Rohit just said. You know, it, it's always interesting to, to know how athletes communicate, you know, while they're competing. I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, when, when you see there's that uh, infamous or rather famous image or video of Michael Jordan and uh, Kobe Bryant sharing a few words in Kobe's first game against Michael Jordan uh, on, on court. And everybody wanted to know for years, what were they talking about? What, what, did, what did MJ tell you, Kobe? You know, and, and, you know, obviously both of them had a mutual respect, so, so they didn't really share. But we've seen that before with, you know, referees in, in, in special occasions in, in rugby, uh, even in football where, where the refs are mic'd up. And, and like I say, it's always interesting to, to get an insight into what is said. Uh, we mentioned there was a golf game at the weekend with, you know, the, the driving relief charity skins that, that Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson took part in. They were all mic'd up also, so we could hear their conversations. And, you know, it, it was fun to, to, to hear what elite-level golfers talk about on the green. But having said that, I think, you know, mm. honestly, the novelty went off pretty soon. You know, even yeah. if every game you watch, you hear what the athletes are saying. At the end of the day, you just want that atmosphere. You know, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure about this miking thing because I think that players are not going to be themselves. You're not going to get the real stuff. If you did, you'd have one of these beep machines which is always, always be beeping out their bad language or whatever. But um, I don't think you can mic up players. I think you will get a false sense of what happens. You will never talk in the way that they actually Well, let's hope sports and sports fans will return stronger than ever in the near future. Now, if you like the Straits Times game of two halves, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from 5.15pm every Monday. Or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now, back to our conversation with the ST Sports Podcasters, Sazali and Rohit. Now, very quickly, still on the topic of fans and sports, and we'll take a look now now at the future of the Singapore Airlines Grand Prix. Now, promoters GP told ST, well, told Straits Times on Saturday that having this year's event behind closed doors is just not feasible. Sazali, how tricky is the situation? It's really difficult to say um, and everything's you know, pretty much up in the air because of you know, so many factors. The success of the Singapore GP relies on, I think, firstly, obviously, that, that, that worry over the health and well-being of, of everyone involved, you know, from the fans to the, comp- the, the, the competitors and stuff like that. The race is scheduled for September 20, which is only four months away, and there's no guarantee that the coronavirus situation in Singapore will be you know, markedly 
better by then. So that's something that they've really got to see, sort of monitor and play it by ear and, and, and see how, how things develop. And, you know, generally, I think if you've been to any edition of the Singapore GP so far, and again, I've been fortunate to, to cover a few uh, over the years, it's obvious how much of it is driven by fans and, and having that fan experience. Just 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 to soak in the atmosphere and, and you know, go around town and, and go around the track and, you know, because it's a city track, you know. So many of, of, of these fans are also from overseas, you know, they've flown in for experience. And from 2008 to 2019, the, the, the Singapore race brought in over 1.4 billion in tourism receipts and more than... Uh, 490,000 uh, international visitors. So, you know, with travel and quarantine restrictions worldwide, the guidelines in place for, in, in September for Singapore is, is still, you know, we're, we're unsure whether, you know, uh, restrictions will be lifted and so on and so forth. Other than that, infrastructure as well, you know, getting the, the actual track in place, you know, it, it, it takes some time, you know, for us to turn downtown Singapore into into an F1 track. And, you know, th- it's unclear how, how, how things will go forward if, if the situation does not clear up by then. Well, Sazali, and Rohit, you know, we were worried with a lot of sports being on hold that we wouldn't have perhaps a meaty conversation to kind of take us through Game of Two Halves. But you know what? Our time is up and we've just got so much to discuss. <laughs> so <laughs> there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Glad to have you both on the line, uh, Rohit and Sazali. Thank you so much for your time. Right, thank you. Oh, no worries, thank you. Thank you. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.